Welcome to Lifeboat, right to life of Michigan's bi-weekly podcast going in-depth on pro-life news and issues. I'm your host, Chris Gast, RLM's Director of Communication and Education. Thanks for joining in. We're going to talk about a couple of stories today, and then we're going to give you a recap of our conference in Kalamazoo yesterday. I'm still recovering, but nevertheless, it's time for another podcast, so I'm here with you. First story I wanted to talk about was our final entry in our series detailing the record of Senator Debbie Stabenow. Uh, This last post was about her support for abortions overseas, uh, specifically talking about the Mexico City policy. Senator Stabenow has voted many times uh, when given opportunities against the Mexico City policy, which mandates that tax dollars uh, through USAID uh, can't go to organizations overseas that either provide or promote abortions. And so Stabenow has been very supportive of making sure groups like International Planned Parenthood Federation or Marie Stopes and other such groups that not only perform abortions overseas and promote them, but even in some ways try to coerce countries overseas into allowing abortions. She wants to make sure that those groups continue to get their United States taxpayer dollars. Well, me personally, and us, of course, as an organization, we don't believe that abortion should be an export to other countries in the world. It's already bad enough that the United States is one of only five countries in the world where abortion is allowed for any reason at any point up to the moment of birth uh, in such illustrious company with North Korea, Vietnam, and China, uh, or Canada as well. Um, There's no reason that we need to export abortion overseas. Very, very, very ridiculous. And it goes even further than that. We're not talking about just an International Planned Parenthood Federation performing abortions. We're talking groups that force women to have abortions. That's right, forced abortions. Uh, In 2009, the U.S. House voted to exempt the United Nations Populations Fund from the Kemp-Kastan Amendment. The Kemp-Kastan Amendment forbids U.S. tax dollars going to coercive population control programs. And the U.S. Senate made an attempt to stop that, and they failed. So what happened is Senator Stabenow voted to allow tax dollars to go to the United Nations Populations Fund. And the United Nations Populations Fund has been documented to be involved with China's one-child, now two-child policy. China's exercise of this policy is one of the most gross human rights abuses of all time in human history. That's that bad. Uh, you can well, I don't even need to go there. It's that bad. Uh, forced abortions, violence, heavy fines against any person uh, or woman that dares to have more than their government allows uh, the number of children. And our tax dollars, uh, before President Trump had his say recently, uh, were going to support that. And that's what W. Stabenow supports. Coming back to Michigan for news, uh, abortionist Michael Roth had his license suspended. If you remember, Michael Roth is the car trunk abortionist. He was caught back in 2015 with the bodies of aborted babies, uh, narcotics of a medical nature, and medical equipment in the trunk of his car. 
and uh, police pulled him over and searched his car and and pounded it after he struck a man with his vehicle. And so police happened upon this case, uh, and what it appears to be happening was Roth was performing abortions in people's homes. Roth's abortion business was shut down. The very creepily named Novi uh, Laser Anesthetic Center. You can't get more creepy for a name for an abortion clinic. Sounds like a plastic surgery office. And so Roth had stolen these drugs and equipment from an, a former employer of his, another abortion clinic, in order to perform these what appears to be at-home abortions. And so his license was suspended. Uh, now, he can technically get that license back if he pays a fine and jumps through some hoops, but really he's also facing 10 criminal counts. The Attorney General, Bill Schuette, brought 10 criminal counts against Roth, uh, including identity theft, stealing the drugs, possession, uh, possession of that fentanyl, um, which is illegal, and uh, perhaps he wasn't just using it for medical purposes, perhaps he was dealing drugs on the side. And so he's in a lot of trouble, and if those convictions come through, which they... Uh, presumably will, uh, then that's probably the end of Michael Roth practicing medicine in Michigan. So one more shoddy abortionist out of practice, and that's wonderful news. He's not alone. There's still several more in the state, the worst of the worst, and they need to go. Uh, I, I was as a remark to someone today, abortion clinics have a, a whole different rule book when it comes to other organizations uh, medical clinics, even tattoo parlors get more strict observation and regulation than abortion clinics, and that's unconscionable. The final story I wanted to uh, touch on was a uh, bit of a creepy story. Um, in Missouri, uh, Missouri is cracking down on uh, their abortion clinics in a real way, and Planned Parenthood isn't just standing there. Uh, Planned Parenthood wants to be the face of abortion. Uh, but in Missouri particularly, they want to make Satan the face of the abortion industry. That's right. The Prince of Darkness himself. There was an article in Slate uh, talking about, uh, the headline was, Abortion access in Missouri is getting easier thanks to Planned Parenthood and Satanists. And so, uh, in Missouri... Uh, Satanists are currently suing uh, against uh, abortion clinic regulations, saying it violates their uh, religion, you know, sacrificing human beings to Satan, I guess. I don't know. Um, and so uh, Planned Parenthood doesn't seem to be too sad that uh, Old Scratch is uh, backing them up on this one. Uh, now, in, 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 in reality, these Satanists are not really actually religious people. They're just... Uh, uh, people who think they're being clever and uh, edgy by joking around, ha ha ha, we're Satanists, uh, or so they say. Um, Planned Parenthood uh, really doesn't care. Uh, Planned Parenthood uh, thrives on transgressing boundaries. If they're going to tear the arms and legs off of a little baby uh, for money, why is it any surprise that they would be uh, welcoming of such company? And so uh, this just kind of illustrates that uh, Planned Parenthood is really comfortable with this being the face of their organization. Um, but yet at the same time, they have a clergy advisory board, and they're happy uh, putting people with reverend in their title uh, in positions of trying to convince others. Uh, they'll send out uh, that uh, clergy, clergy advisory board uh, 
don't know if they still do that, but used to send out a pastoral letter they put in abortion clinics. Uh, really, Planned Parenthood is accepting of all people. Anyone can come and abort their baby. Uh, every baby uh, is a, to them a dollar sign and uh, some kind of vindication of their philosophy, and so they uh, they don't care who is along the ride with them as long as they believe that human life is merely functional and human rights are just a uh, ad hoc slap-on uh, to our lives and not an, an inalienable thing that qualifies our existence. And so Planned Parenthood wants to make Satan the face of abortion. We are happy to oblige them. All right, now uh, moving to a much more uplifting topic, our conference yesterday. That was our 44th annual conference, and this year we had it in Kalamazoo at the Fetzer Center on the campus of beautiful Western Michigan University. Um, We have had conference uh, around the state in the past, but we uh, have really focused on having it in Lansing in the most uh, recent years. Uh, Since I've been here, almost 10 years actually, uh, we've always had it in Lansing. So conference has gone through a lot of changes over the years. Back before we had uh, the internet, before we had a lot of campuses uh, active themselves on, on, you know, in college, Students for Life groups, uh, conference, and before our affiliates had uh, fundraising dinners for the educational fund to support our efforts and to uh, reach out in their own communities. Conference used to be a three-day affair. And so it would go around the state, and the first uh, one of the days would be a professional day where all sorts of lawyers and doctors and other professionals would be invited in to share their expertise with our grassroots. Then we'd have a Students for Life Day. There'd be a fundraising banquet, and then we'd have the actual conference ourselves. Well, things are different now. Uh, We have an internet, and it's really easy. And we have email. It's really easy to access these resources. They're right at our fingertips. We don't have a professional day anymore. Uh, Student groups are doing such a good job organizing themselves in college. And our affiliates are doing good organizing, uh, in a lot of cases, their own high school groups. Uh, Students for Life of Michigan helps coordinate the college groups and helps provide them resources in which we, um, you know, help when we can. So we don't need Students for Life Day. You know, we have more than 50 uh, fundraising banquets held by affiliates around the state. Uh, inviting their own local people there to learn about what we're doing on the state level and uh, raise money for the education fund, for example, especially for our uh, award-winning and truly wonderful TV ads. We don't need a fundraising banquet anymore. So conference has now been boiled down uh, to what we really need, just uh, one day where we all come together and talk about some important things and have some workshops, do a little education, invest in improving ourselves and our activities. And so this year, it was uh, it was a good conference, good reviews from people so far, without the uh, official reviews coming in by paper, but everyone really seemed to enjoy it. Um, uh, Fetzer Center was a beautiful location, a little different. We had to, uh, usually we're all in one room for lunch in our main sessions, but this year we were in the main sessions in a big auditorium and then uh, went to another room for lunch. The main speakers uh, were both a little, had really kind of different stories, but really hit on the same theme. The first speaker was Sarah Zagorski, and she talked about her story of really survival, um, almost being in a, you know, being aborted, almost being left for dead as an infant, growing up in a um, uh, not a certainly less than ideal uh, family home situation, going through foster care, um, finally being adopted at age nine. 
And so uh, Sarah really is a fighter, and and her message was, uh, she pointedly said at one point, you know, my life and how it is now, uh, if you asked me to go back and experience all the things I did as a child, knowing that I would get to this point, I would absolutely do it. Um, It would have been so easy to leave her for dead, um, but that's not what happened. And she has her life now, she has children, she was supposed to bring the baby to the conference, but opted uh, not, and of course it's a pro-life conference, so our staff who eagerly volunteered to babysit was kind of disappointed we didn't get to have a baby at conference, but uh, oh well. Um, Just a great story, you know, she's a pro-life activist, Uh, she worked for Colorado Citizens for Life, Um, worked for uh, Louisiana Right to Life, and so uh, just a really wonderful person, and just a story of how overcoming life's challenges is certainly possible for anyone. Our second general speech, uh, general session speaker in the, in the afternoon was Mary Rathke, who's been part of our Compassion Project. Um, she has a uh, equally tragic story of her beginnings of life. Um, she was conceived in rape. Both of her parents, uh, one of whom is uh, mentally ill, one of whom is, you say, developmentally disabled, and just were not able to take care of her. Um, uh, her uh, her mom was mentally ill, and um, she was raped, and uh, had the baby, and then her, you can't really call him her biological father, but her uh, mom's husband, who was developmentally disabled, um, uh, she said very honorably uh, took it upon himself to try to raise her as their own. Um, now, sadly, they just weren't equipped to do that. And so uh, Mary's adoptive parents, who um, who uh, knew her biological mom and in that town, uh, took care of her and raised her from there. And uh, even her biological mom's story is, I don't want to get into the, the details, but just went through so many tragedies uh, to get here um, from Germany originally and tragedies while they were here. But Mary's here today and she has her own children, she has her own life, and she uh, speaks about the value of her life as a person conceived in rape. She's equally as human as anybody else. And so one of the big things we have to deal with when we have Roe versus Wade overturned and we're defending our law and we're dealing with Uh, for the first time in a democratic fashion, what our abortion law really looks like. Uh, The other side, who, uh, you know, stands with Satan and doesn't think human beings really have uh, life or a purpose or importance in of themselves, are going to say, well, a lot of these children are going to grow up poor, they might experience abuse or crime, or they might not graduate from college. What value is their life? But that's such a broken way of viewing it. And as Mary and Sarah uh, so eloquently put it to us, every life has value, no matter what their circumstance, no matter what their difficulty, which, and to be honest, we all experience difficulties in our lives. And we are more than just the sum of our uh, difficulties in life. And so just very encouraging stories. In between, during lunch, we gave out our annual Life Achievement Award to Sarah, uh, Rebecca Kiesling, who uh, generally, um, I, I don't want to put it this way, but well, I guess I will, <laughs> uh, generally people who receive our Life Achievement Award are old or um, they've been involved a long time. Truly, it is a uh, recognition of their life's body of work. But in the case of Rebecca Kiesling, um, I'm not going to guess her age because I'm not going to get in serious trouble. 
any more than I already am in now, um, but uh, is uh, definitely a uh, younger person. I'm older than me. I'm 33, but we'll just leave it at that. And and we kind of joked about that, and she joked about it herself. She told her husband, um, she she said to us that I'm not old. I'm not old enough to receive this award, but truly she she is in terms of her contribution. Uh, Mary Rathke, for example, we only had her speaking through the help of Rebecca Kiesling. Rebecca was also conceived in rape and has spoken so beautifully on this issue and so impactfully. I mean, she helped change uh, Rick Perry's running for president uh, back in 2012 and completely changed his mind about the issue of rape and abortion using her own story. Rick Perry was standing her in the eye and had to admit, yeah, you know what? You're right. I can't say that you are lesser than. And so, and kudos to Rick Perry, by the way, for adopting a more controversial position during a campaign. That takes uh, a lot of courage, our current uh, energy secretary. And Rebecca has just been a blessing uh, in terms of talking about this issue, helping us with Mary, making the Compassion Project happen. She continues to speak about this. Um, just a, a wonderful ambassador for the message that every single last human being has value. They are not just functionally valuable. They don't just get value because someone gives it to them or someone likes them or they have a nice, pretty, privileged Instagram life. And so it was really wonderful. Uh, all three of these ladies were there to address everyone. Uh, in addition, we had workshops there in the morning and then repeated in the afternoon. I have to say it's the first time I've spoken after a lunch. And boy, that energy level after lunch is certainly down. Uh, maybe next year we're going to have to get everyone up and do calisthenics uh, right after lunch is over. But a lot of great workshops, uh, five of them. I talked about bridging the generational gap on social media. And uh, my main point was that social media... Uh, you know, we have to focus on balancing the good with the outrageous. Obviously, something like Planned Parenthood and Satan going hand in hand is outrageous. But you can't talk about that all the time. You need to balance it with the good. Uh, also, that uh, if you want to go out and make social media success, you have to go out and get people. People aren't just going to find you uh, too often. You need to go out and get people involved in your social media. The other couple uh, workshops, uh, we had a special guest, uh, Melissa Clement is the president of Nevada Right to Life, and she came, and the title of her workshop was How to Respond to the Hard Questions About Life. Uh, really, her workshop was about her own story. Melissa Clement used to be pro-abortion. In fact, she talked about uh, the time that she met Sarah Weddington, who was the lawyer who uh, uh, for the abortion groups, arguing Roe versus Wade. And just talks about ways that you can talk and reach and kind of cut through that wall that people who support abortion throw up. Because um, ultimately, uh, like I've just said in this podcast numerous times, they're a human being of no less value than we are. And uh, they need to be reached with a pro-life, life-affirming message. And so uh, her workshop got great reviews we had another one, uh, another by staff, uh, talking about the real threat of doctor-prescribed suicide. Our legislative director, Ed Rivett, who always does, uh, does a wonderful job. Um, we also had one uh, last conference on that topic, but it's a growing topic, so we wanted to address it again. Uh, and he uh, also talked about a couple new resources we have, which uh, we talked about in a previous podcast. Another interesting uh, workshop was Carla Ludwig, who uh, has been long time involved in pro-life activities, 
and she was talking about her latest effort, which is a group called Chia and Friends. Uh, the title of her workshop was Helping Those Who Choose Life, Thinking Beyond the Pregnancy. And her organization is dedicated to helping specifically uh, women complete college, even if they have an unexpected pregnancy. And, um, you know, we brought her not only because she's been a wonderful friend to us, and it's a wonderful ministry here in the Grand Rapids area, but um, this is kind of a trend that we're seeing that's going to be important is some of these smaller uh, ministries growing up and uh, programs. And their whole goal is helping women after uh, after the baby's born. And that if we get to the point where we're banning abortion again in Michigan, uh, there's going to be a greater demand for those services than we have. Now, right now in the state, we have more than 150 uh, pro-life pregnancy centers and adoption agencies, but there's always room for more assistance, especially in large areas like Grand Rapids or Metro Detroit, which we touched on last week. And so uh, that's something that the pro-life movement is going to need to invest in more once we cross that threshold of uh, protecting the unborn uh, legally again. And then we're going to have to continue to work on them in the culture. And of course, those two often go uh, hand in hand. The final workshop we had was Engaging Your Community in Pro-Life Conversation. Uh, it was hosted by Denise Davidson from Bay County Right to Life and Amy Roggenbuck from Sanilac County Right to Life. Uh, it was uh, moderated by our field representative for their area, Ellie Smazinski, just talking about uh, ways that you can organize your affiliate and have better community outreach events because that's what our affiliates are all about. And that's just what I wanted to close with, with conference and what strikes uh, strikes us, you know, it's an interesting mix. We have the young and we old. Uh, people, many people who are there for their first conference, and many people who've been there for more than 20 years, uh, from all over the state, the UP, major cities, Northwest and Northeast Michigan, um, even people right in town from Kalamazoo, and it's just an interesting mix of people. Uh, and they're all focused. They have many different walks of life, uh, media personalities, professors, teachers, small business people, social workers, uh, just some of the people. We had uh, um, doctors there, uh, just everyone from all runs and walks of life uh, and all committed to one thing, making sure that the pro-life message is heard in their own community. And that's something that uh, groups like Planned Parenthood don't have and that Satan isn't going to provide for them. Uh, they just don't have that grassroots commitment in the state. A lot of political groups don't. Uh, right to Life of Michigan is uniquely blessed in that regard. And we work hard to make sure that our grassroots are always equipped, which is the purpose of conference. So uh, if you missed it, well, too bad, and you should have come. And we'll have another conference, of course, next year. And we'll have information on that, and you'll definitely want to come. And uh, if you're not already involved, uh, make sure you make it out and get connected with your local affiliate. Other statewide event, of course, is our Legislative Day in the spring, and that's always exciting. And that's when we focus on our legislative agenda, which we have plenty on tap for this year. It should be a good 2017. All right, that's all the time we have for this edition of LifeBeat. Join us again in two weeks where we are going to delve deeper into Planned Parenthood's funding streams, not just basics, but how exactly do they get their money. There's a new health care bill. It's back again, and we'll see if it goes through. That includes defunding Planned Parenthood. 
But uh, whether it does or not, uh, we'll know on October 6th for our next podcast, and we'll be able to go into what we're going to do on the state level if it doesn't get done on the national level. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you.